0: And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to my show. So, tonight we are going to be doing our Elvis The Rebirth documentary review. This is going to be his rebirth, The Rise and Fall of Elvis Presley. I don't think you guys enjoy this. As a matter of fact, go over to Good Pods, go over to Apple Podcasts, go over to Spotify. We're on all major podcast platforms. Go ahead, head over there right now, and also to come back over here, of course, to watch our uh, documentary review for The Rebirth of Elvis. So, let's go on ahead. Let's do this. I'm excited. I'm pumped. And let's get on with the show. And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. Like I said, we're doing our Elvis Rebirth documentary review. And this is going to be, of course, the rise and fall of Elvis Presley. So basically, this thing starts out in 1931, uh, July 31st, uh, 1969, at an internal international hotel in Las Vegas. After an eight-year of live performance, it was a success. Now, this is actually where we actually get the whole entire deal, where you have Elvis Presley in his jumpsuit doing performances over in Las Vegas. And of course, like I said, this is actually where he's doing 600 Vegas shows in eight years. This is actually what killed the King, believe it or not. And it's actually a, a sad to actually see him go down this road, especially of how talented he actually is. And of course, you know, I feel like this, you know, whenever I first saw this, I just feel like Colonel Tom Parker is just a big old douchebag, especially the way he's treating the King and stuff like that. He's taking advantage of him. And it clearly, Elvis is too close to the situation, in my opinion, to even notice anything. He needs some other eyes looking in and saying, hey, look, the colonel's taking taking advantage of you. He's doing other things that, you, you know, that is doing some shady stuff behind your back. He's not looking out for your best interest. You need to go ahead and start think, thinking about what you're doing with your career. But, of course, you know, Colonel. now let me just tell you about uh, Colonel Tom Parker for a minute. He started out in carnivals where he would do different sideshows. For example, uh, he actually had a chicken on a hot place on a hot plate to make it appear as if the chicken was dancing. So then, of course, I think what winded up happening this is me speculating, of course, it's not going to be the birth of Elvis or anything like that. This is me going off the cuff of what I'm thinking. But don't worry, I promise you guys, I am going to do a more thorough documentary review of the when he was born. But I figured this was actually fascinating to me because this is actually the Elvis that I remember putting in a VHS tape and actually reciting some Elvis stuff back when I was a kid. As a matter of fact, I remember doing the Elvis dancing and also thinking very much, you know, that. But yeah, I still remember doing stuff like that as a kid, dancing like Elvis, doing, doing other stuff. But I think that he was actually in a talent show, and then all of a sudden Colonel winded up finding him at a fairground. And he's like, he just got all shook up, pun intended, by Elvis' performance. So therefore, he was like, you know what, I'm going to figure out a way to sign this kid. So that's what winds up happening. He winds up signing him. And of course, he doesn't understand the context of who Elvis is. He doesn't understand uh, Elvis's whole entire uh, music at all he just looks at dollar signs because of the fact that he has a way of moving with the music and just making the girls go wild he doesn't understand what elvis is trying to do all he sees is dollar signs and that was actually one of the things that the colonel did was he looked out for talent in odd places aka the carnival which he has no talent at all the colonel doesn't even have talent he's using other people to gain money off of other people and hopefully to do deals. And of course he winds up running into Elvis. And that's whenever, of course he realizes that Elvis has talent. And it's just sad to see that Colonel winds up taking advantage of Elvis in the way that he does things, you know, but at the start, it all seemed to work. While Elvis was the king of rock and roll. Parker was actually the king of the deal. Basically anything that he thought that Elvis, basically any type of money deal, money situation, Colonel was there to actually make the negotiations. Anything that Elvis wanted to do on the other hand, and stuff like that he would actually decline he goes no we're not going to do that or anything like that we're going to do this my way either it's my way or the highway even though elvis is the talent and colonel is nothing he's just a band manager he's just the manager that just happens to own elvis basically and telling him what to do and yeah exactly like my aunt said exactly see tom parker would not get away with it and had elvis's mom still be around to watch over him yes exactly but he took here's the thing though and this is this is the god honest truth just from me knowing a little bit about who he is as a person yeah you see him on the screen yes you saw him in that 90s doc that 90s uh miniseries that they actually did on elvis but that doesn't capture who he actually is until you see this documentary of course it's on youtube but you can actually see what he's doing to elvis you can see that he's taking advantage of elvis And he doesn't care. He doesn't care because all he sees is dollar signs. He's taking advantage of him. Elvis, of course, is too close to the situation to the point where he anything that Colonel says he does. And also, too, I feel like that, in a sense, I feel like he's embedded to uh, Colonel because he's actually the one who actually discovered him. And because of that, that's also a scary situation because he has no one to actually guide him into this. You would think that he actually would have close friends and say, hey, look, Elvis, dude. I mean, look. You're the talent here. Colonel is nothing. And you need to go on ahead and do something about this. Otherwise, people are going to be taking advantage of you. And, of course, Colonel's the one who's taking advantage of him. Of him. But I wish that, that there was other people in line to where he was like, look, man, you're making this money. You're doing a great job. You're the talent. You're, you're doing all this stuff. But Colonel is nothing. You should not be afraid of the Colonel just because of the fact that he discovered you. Yes, he discovered you. Yes, you have a record deal. But guess what? There's other people. There's other producers. There's other people in this industry, even other managers that can actually take you by the hand and guide you through the industry without having Colonel. I feel like after he got discovered, after he winds up uh, making his big re- record deal and everything, I feel like this should have been the time where he goes, you know what, Sanders, you go your way. I'll go mine. I didn't mean to call him Sanders, by the way. You're just looks like Colonel Sanders. But that's just my opinion. But anyways, uh, I would just say, look, Parker, you're, you go your way. We go my way. We don't meet in between. And that's exactly what I think that should have happened. He should have went on ahead after he got discovered and he signed that record deal. Colonel should not have been involved at all. He should have went back to the carnival doing hot chicken plates for everybody in the conning field. That's just me. That's just the way I feel about it. But, you know, another thing, too, that I want to mention is this. And Parker... Elvis in movies and here's the thing I like Elvis I like seeing him in movies and stuff like that but I just feel like I just feel like at the time you know that Colonel is was just wasting his time and efforts and energy on these movies and you know I think that he, Elvis would have actually benefited to be in all honesty if he just went on ahead did a couple of these little small Elvis cameo, cameo roles, right? Where basically he, yeah, he sings, but there's other stuff that Elvis could do besides sing. And that's all the Colonel winded up wanting him to do with sing. You sing a song, you go dance. Then after that, it cuts away and that's it. What they should have done was, you know what, Elvis, you have a talent to probably act. So, you know what you need to do? You need to take a couple of acting classes and stuff, or if you already have enough experience to act, you know, you need to go on ahead and do more than just play the guitar because you have a way of actually selling tickets. And I feel like that it was a missed opportunity. Even Elvis himself also, too, on recordings and stuff like that, if you actually watch the documentary, even went on and said that he feels like he's wasting his time and efforts and energy into something that isn't fully him. It's just something that Colonel wanted him to do. And all he's doing is just playing guitar the whole time. And he's not even really acting. He thought that it would actually change after a period of time. But no, it's just the same old routine over and over again. It gets to the point where it becomes repetitive. That's exactly how Elvis felt. And I don't blame him. If I was actually promised a chance to be able to perform, not only perform, but also to be able to act and also perform. Don't get me wrong. We have actors today that, that performers today that act. And movies and stuff like that. We'd see cameos from like maybe Fifty Cent, m&m stuff like that. The list just goes on. Whenever you look at from artists to acting uh from the screen, but Elvis is a, a big person to actually go ahead. I think that he would actually made a big star out of himself in the uh, movie industry if it wasn't for Colonel Parker. But that's just my opinion. I hope that you guys end up co- tell me in the comments. Do you think that he would actually been a bigger movie star if Colonel was not involved? Because of the fact that all he wanted to do was strum the guitar and sing and dance. And yes, it got the crowd moving. Yes, he winds up having a great movie success because all he's doing is singing. But Elvis wanted to do more than just that. He wanted to be the person to do improv. He probably He probably wanted to go ahead and do other things with his life aside from just acting in movies and singing. But that's just the way I'm looking at it. So now we are actually going to be talking about this now. Now, this in the documentary in 1956 was actually, get this, was the highest grossing movie of all time. You want to know what that movie was? That was actually Love Me t- uh, Tender, I believe. And in 1956, it was actually the highest grossest movie of all time. Now, here's the thing. You fast forward to 11 years later is 1967. So that's a quite a long gap. As a matter of fact, if you actually think about it and stuff, if you actually think about this for a second, because it, In the early 2000s, Eminem, which is a rapper, which I'm not trying to compare as like apples to oranges in a sense, but he actually went into recovery for drug addictions and stuff like that. And over a period of time, the music changes within the whole entire years that you stay away from things. So therefore, you're not as well grounded as you would be compared to probably keep going with your music career and seeing where it takes off and see where it lands because music changes throughout the years. Not everybody's going to have that same type of 1950s feel to it. 60s, 70s music, 80s music, it all changes within time. So therefore you have to stay grounded. You have to stay fresh. But because of the fact with the years and gaps with 11 years from, uh, from 1956 to 1967, that's a huge gap. And a matter of fact, at that time you can actually say this and that, And what I'm going to have to say is this. That's quite a long gap. And that's only because of the fact that I feel like if Colonel didn't push Elvis as hard as he did, he would have actually been a lot more successful without him. And I keep on saying that. It's just a a fact. It's not an opinion. It's a fact that he would have actually done better without Colonel. But still, somebody should have guided him. Someone should have done a better job providing for Elvis than what? They did. As a matter of fact, I was actually surprised. Maybe the, I'm surprised that Elvis's wife didn't warn Carl. Maybe that's something that I need to look up. I don't know. Like I said, I'm still learning about Elvis. I'm still learning new things about Elvis as I go. But, you know, as, during this time, 11 years, 1967, you're looking at hippies. You're looking at peace and love, peace and love. You're looking at the Beatles. You're looking at all the, the British inv- invasion pretty much at this time and like I said, things change, people change, not everybody's listening to the same music anymore, but by the time that he, basically he started off in, like I said, 1956 but, and stuff like that in the 1950s, the music was actually something that people actually listened to and stuff like that, but now it just seems like it was more an event than anything, especially in the 1960s when you look at the fact that you have the protest uh, music about protests, you have Uh, other things going on within the 1967 range, plus with the Beatles coming in, with the Beatles invasion. And Elvis disappeared from the charts since 1965. And like I said, by the Britain invasion, like the Beatles, for example, they wrote their own songs. Elvis didn't really write his own songs. I'm going to have to go a little bit deeper into that later on. Maybe whenever I uh, go on, I want to say that maybe he did write a couple of more, a couple of songs and stuff, but I'm going to have to take a look at that. But, uh, get this though. This is how shady and money hungry Parker actually is. He wanted a cut of everything up to 50% of the songs and writers publishing royalties. So that's 50% in his pocket. God knows what he did to Elvis on how much cut that Elvis got. He probably winded up giving him less money and then blaming it on something else rather than him acknowledging the fact, hey, look, Elvis, I stole money from you. I'm actually getting 50% from these royalties and you're getting maybe. Less than that. So, you know, that's just going to show you how much of a ball bag uh, Colonel actually is. And like I said, Colonel is nothing. Elvis is the talent. He needs to go back to the carnival. I'm sorry. Go on ahead. Go to the carnival. watch Watch some chickens dance on a plate, for crying out loud but uh here's another thing though too elvis was very self-aware of the times around him where things were changing and like i said things were changing things became more of an event whenever it came down to music people were dressing differently people approached music differently fans approached music differently and also too this is also during the time of lsd and uh, matter of fact lisa marie presley you actually had his wife that got high on lsd elvis got high on lsd then you also have to look at this. Elvis was tired of making movies and was wanting to regain control of his music. And because of the fact that times are changing, Elvis had to recreate himself as an artist. Roy Hamilton, who was inspired by Elvis, uh, who inspired Elvis, and had the same vocal style as Elvis. He, that's Matter of fact, the thing that he picked up from Hamilton was this. Uh-huh, uh-huh shook up. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, that's what he basically picked up. Sorry, that might be a bad Elvis impression, but I'm sorry. Uh, after a while, Elvis felt he hated the movies he wanted to do, do a uh, was born with Barbara Streisand. I could see, and to be honest with you, I would like to see Elvis do a star is born. I think that would actually been interesting with him and Barbara Streisand. She wanted Elvis to star with her and the colonel told Elvis no way. Like I said, colonel's a ball bag. He needs to go back to the carnival. Uh so uh anyway, September of 1967, he recorded You Never Walk Alone and it's actually a cover song of Hamilton's in the 50s. So that's also another thing that he did in the 1950s. He actually paid homage to the person that inspired him, and that's something that I really like. Also, too, I just want to apologize to people that I was actually when I was doing my trailer reacting, I was actually talking during the trailer reaction. And when I went and saw I saw some movie, but anyways, it wound up having the Elvis trailer attached to it, and yes, it is the Martha Luther King whenever Martha Luther King died. As a matter of fact, Elvis also made a song that was actually part of Martha Luther King's speech, which I thought was very touching and very endearing to actually do and Colonel was basically just wanting to turn a backside to it. It's like you know what, this has nothing to do with us. We have nothing to do with Martin Luther King. And he's like, what do you mean? I could just picture Elvis in my mind aside from the movie, but I could just see him. What do you mean, man? What do you mean? This has nothing to do with us. This has everything to do with us. This has everything to do with society. This has everything to do with the way we look at things, depict things, racism. Everything that I want to sing about is within the, the range that I need to do it. be taken seriously as an artist. And that's how I think that Elvis perceived the whole entire deal where Martha Luther King died. So, you know, I liked how he was able to captivate that and found something, something to write about. So I'm glad that he actually took that seriousness in doing that. So then Elvis in, had a collision course with Colonel Parker at one time when Parker wanted to do a Christmas special and chose a young producer named Dave Bender. Now, Dave Bender, to me, is my hero in this documentary. Because, you know how we were saying we wish that somebody would actually take him by the reins and lead him into the music industry and stuff like that? To me, this guy is the definition of being a hero. Because of the fact that he's telling Elvis, look, Colonel's Colonel's not any good, basically. You need to go on ahead and let me... You know what? I want to know something, Elvis. What do you look at... Basically, this is what ends up happening, okay? So chose, like I said, he chose uh, Dave Bender as the producer, who had his own vision. Parker told Bender that Elvis was going to sing 20 Christmas songs and say goodbye, and that's it. Now that's now that's low right there. Don't get me wrong; I love Christmas just as much as the next person, but 20 Christmas songs in one setting—that is too much, even for me. And I'm already I'm already almost 20 minutes in. Well, 18. Well, actually, I'm 18 minutes in. I lied, but still. You know, that's a lot to take on for somebody to do 20 Christmas songs and then one and say goodbye. And also, too, nothing is about him. Nothing's about Elvis. It's all about what Colonel wants. What Colonel wants, he gets, basically. And also, too, Steve knew that wasn't what Elvis wanted, wasn't originally um, wanted to do or intended to do. Yeah, matter of fact, in private, this is what Steve winds up doing. He takes Elvis to his, son. finally gets him alone away from the Colonel. He says, "Elvis, let me ask you something. What do you see your career and everything? What do you see your career?" He goes, "I think it's in the toilet, to be honest." And that's exactly how Steve saw Elvis's career. It's in the toilet. He needs to be revived. He needs a revision. He needs some type of guidance to actually revive himself, especially from being away for that long and people forget who Elvis is. And next, like I said. People may not forget who he is because of the fact that, yes, in the 1950s and stuff like that, you have records. But over a period of time, people are like, oh, yeah, I remember Elvis. You know, you know, back in my day, I used to listen to All Shook Up. I used to listen to this and that and everything. And then you, after a period of time, it's like, eh, you know, Elvis. Yeah, he was cool. He was a good singer. Now he needs a way to, revi- to basically have a rebirth of his career and jumpstart to his career to make people remember him again. And to make him realize, hey, look, I can do this now in a 1967 flavor and everything and to revive my career. And so basically what Dave does is he winds up doing this. He's like, you know what? We're not going to do any Christmas songs. Him and Elvis both discussed it privately away from Colonel. We're not doing any Christmas songs or anything like that. This is going to be about you jumpstarting your career. And we're going to take we're going to go on ahead. We're going to jumpstart your career that way. And that's what him and Elvis were going to do. And so they go over to Colonel's office because Colonel winds up calling them in there. And I was looking at the uh, list and I don't see any Christmas songs. And he's like, well, that's because Elvis and I decided to go in a different direction. Of course, Colonel does not like that. So therefore, Colonel winds up telling him, well, there needs to be a Christmas song. So he gets at least maybe one Christmas song because of the fact that he's forcing Elvis to do Christmas songs and being obligated to do Christmas songs. But at that point and everything, you know, I have to, I have to say, I I'm happy that someone decided to do that. I'm glad that Steve decided, Hey, look, Elvis, your career's in the toilet, basically. And you need to have a way of actually doing things. You know, um, I think that would actually be perfect. And I think that he should have been the new manager rather than the producer. Because I think Steve would have actually helped him a long way. Now, let me see what uh, Rose had to say, too. Um, no singers back then would sing in the ghetto. Elvis said, I will do it. Exactly. He wrote a song about in the ghetto. Matter of fact, he actually grew up in a black neighborhood as well, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. And also, too, that might also have had some inspiration behind the fact that he wrote in the ghetto as well, because he can actually relate to it, because he was actually in that part, in those parts of, and everything, too. So, you know, that's just a little insight that I that I believe. So, anyways, Steve knew, so, anyways, at that time, whenever he decides to do the relaunch, first half of the show was to showcase that Elvis can still perform. He goes out on stage with just a guitar. Now, picture this, okay? We always talk about Nirvana. We always talk about Kurt Cobain and stuff like that when it comes down to the 90s when we look at MTV Unplugged, right? This is basically Elvis Unplugged. He comes out there with no set list at all. Total improv. He Comes in with his leather uh, motorcycle gear and he comes out there and sings Baby, What Do You Want Me To Do? And oh my god, I'm gonna be honest with you, that song gave me goosebumps when I first heard it after this documentary Because I didn't know that he even did that. And also, too, uh, basically, Steve was actually... They were up to like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning doing improv. And singing and everything else. Everything that Elvis loved to do. And this was actually the relaunch of Elvis. And that's pretty much where I left the documentary at. (laughs) Because of the fact that I don't want to give too much away. Because I had such a blast at actually uh, watching this documentary. But what I want you guys to do is check out the documentary for yourself. I might actually do a part two review for this later on. If this is something that you like for me to try out, let me, you know, let me uh, go in and comment below. Tell me if you guys want me to do more of this, but don't forget to like, don't forget to subscribe, but also too, like, like I mentioned before, I just want to touch on one more thing before we close out is this, I mean, I just feel like, you know, Steve would have actually been a better, per- better person for Elvis versus Colonel. I think that if Colonel didn't interfere, I believe Steve would have probably got somebody to help him, or he would actually become the manager. But unfortunately, that did not happen. Also, two, Elvis was get this—he winds up giving Steve a number to his private home, to another home that Colonel doesn't even know about, right? So he winds up telling him, he goes, "Look, man." I'm only going to give you my number. Nobody else has this. Not even the Colonel has this number. Call me tomorrow and we'll talk. Next thing you know, it next morning, somehow or another, Colonel winds up finding out about Steve calling him supposedly. And then he winds up telling Steve to lose Elvis's number, never to contact him again. And that was the end of that. But it's just sad to see how much control that this guy had over him, especially when all the shows that he was doing in Las Vegas, wearing him down. I just feel like that, like I said, Colonel was a ball back. He didn't care about Elvis. Steve did. And, you know, I want to actually cover more of this later on. Maybe I might do a part two review. But also, too, like I mentioned before, don't forget to like. Don't forget to comment below. Don't forget to smash that little bell in the bottom right-hand corner, that little notification bell to allow you guys to know when we have something new here at Movie Lovers Unite. Also, too, another thing I want to mention is this. Go on ahead. Go over to good pods good pods is basically your social media for podcasting and even if you don't like uh here's the thing even if you're not a podcaster yourself and you just like listen to podcasts go over there go over to go over there follow me at movie lovers Night. comment on individual episodes tell me what you think about each individual episode comment below i'll comment back to you that's the beautiful thing about uh good pods and of course go to apple spotify apple spotify go over to apple and rate me over there, Apple Podcast, and also on Spotify as well. Rate me over there. That's an easy way for people to be able to find us. And also helps out with the rankings for other people to discover us and to enjoy the rest of our shows. Of course, if you want to go ahead and donate to, to us, all you have to do is go to coffee.com forward slash movie lovers, And that's how you can donate 5 to $10. But simply liking, subscribing, commenting below also helps us here at Movie Lovers Unite. And also, too... If you want to go on and follow us on Facebook at movie lovers, TV lovers night over there under the same brand name on Instagram and on Pinterest as well. And then of course, follow me on Twitter at movie lovers unit over there. And then of course on TikTok at movie lovers unit zero. And then if you want to go ahead, if you want to be on the show, if you're a sponsor, you know, go on ahead, email me at movie lovers, unite at gmail.com. And that's every way that you can follow me at. Thank you so much. My aunt Rose for commenting in the comment section. You have been great. And like I said, um she even agrees with me yes steve definitely uh is right the con the connell sucked yep big ones but i can't wait to actually check out this new elvis movie that's going to be coming out in june so i'm going to be doing another review or learning about elvis through markiplier not markiplier that's a totally different mark uh Microbreak podcast so that's where you guys can go ahead and check that out later on so, always, until next time, guys, it's been real. It's been fun. I can't wait to do this again. Tell me below! Don't forget to like! Don't forget to subscribe! Tell me below! Tell me if you guys want me to do more of this documentary stuff. Because I'm having fun learning about Elvis and everything, because I know I, Let me just tell you this. Elvis fans are the most sweetest, down-to-earth people that I know, and you guys are not really... Here's the thing. I've been, I've been doing this for a long time. But... Man, I ran in through through some bad bad fandoms. You guys are awesome at what you guys are doing. You guys are teaching me a lot in the comments section. There's like a lot, a whole entire paragraph that I couldn't even get through because of how much you guys actually put in. There's over 500 comments on that reaction video. So thank you so much for doing that. And always until next time, guys. Like I said, it's been real. It's been fun. I can't wait to do this again. And